Mosley. Matt Mosley show. Aaron Sexton also alongside. Kevin Longquist joining me now. We've been uh, we've been investigating things back to our days at the uh, Arlington Morning News, back to our old newspaper days. Uh, Kevin from uh, from Rivals.com. Kevin, I hope you're uh, okay there. Your phone's your connection's sounding a little strange to me, but uh, all right, are you there? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I okay. am here. Okay, Kevin, I am. Okay, I good. Am. Uh, all right. So the uh, news comes down. I would say this was extremely favorable toward Baylor. And one of the things that I'm hitting on today, Kevin, is something that I think you and I have mentioned in the past. It's like if if you sort of know you don't have jurisdiction for this, it, you didn't just figure that out like in the last month or the last mm-hmm. year or even two years ago. Like there, there was no – like the NCAA basically came out today and said, well, you know, well, there's several reasons, but really – they, under our laws, we we there under our bylaws, there was nothing we could do to Baylor. Like, why right. in the world would that take five years if you if you know that like from the very beginning? I think you hit it on the head or hit it on the head there, Matt. Because the fact that um, I think just because the fact that the NCAA is so screwed up in terms of its infrastructure right now, it's got a weak president, Mark Emmert. Their committee of infractions is. Trying to is basically working rudderless in some respect, and then I think really where this all got started, Matt, in terms of their COI overall investigation of programs, not necessarily Baylor's, but others, you know, Kansas, USC, North Carolina, those to name a few, is I think the NCAA just kind of overstepped its bounds, and I think you can look at it from the Penn State precedent when they went after them from the Jerry Sandusky tragedy as it was. And they try to legislate something from a criminal aspect, which they have no jurisdiction of doing. And so if you look at the way this was all coming down, the only thing that the NCAA could really do as far as Baylor is concerned, because of how they epically failed at Penn State and had to rescind all of those penalties or a majority of them, is they could only hit Baylor with any potential recruiting violations and any academic fraud, which is the ones that they were hitting them with. And to be honest with you, Matt, what came down – I think what people are are not understanding as a whole who aren't really following this or lost track of the case is the fact that Baylor's actually been held accountable in other in other parts of this. I mean, they've, they've been held by dozens of lawsuits uh, by the sexual assault victims. They've got Title IX implications that they've had to deal with. They, they also had to deal with the Big 12, which slapped them with a 25% reduction from their revenue that they were getting from their TV deal. So it's not like they, it's not like the NCAA was the only one punishing them for any of this. They were getting hit from a criminal standpoint in other parts of the of law enforcement, and, and that's what people need to understand. The NCAA is just a sector of this, and that's what people lost sight of, I think. And that's why you see the false Twitter outrage, as I like to call it. Yeah, it's out there, and uh, and I knew it would be because – uh, and I, I wanted to get your take on some of these recruiting. Um, some of the punishment has to do with 2021-22 uh, school year. Some visits are cut into some official type visits. But but Kevin, you follow recruiting very closely. There's nothing in these that would like. Oh, Baylor's going to lose recruits out of being off the road for for this two weeks of the year or whatever it is. Is there? Is there any of those um, 
those punishments that came down that you think like a, a, one of the recruiting people from Baylor is like, oh, man, oh, that stinks. Like that's a, that's a really rough one. Uh, or, or are they all, as they appear to be, not much? Well, I'll put it to you this way, Matt. If Mac Rhodes is saying they're not going to appeal any of these sanctions that the NCAA handed down to them, then I think that kind of tells you where Baylor feels like it stands as a whole with this. Now, in regards to the recruiting, keep in mind that Baylor already has 20 commitments to this class, okay? So they're practically done putting the class together with the exception of adding maybe three or four more or whatever. You can only go to 25 in your class anyway, so they're down to just a handful. And when it comes to the limiting uh, or the reduction of evaluation days or contact with recruits electronically or even a three-week ban on official visits, it's nothing. And also go back to in June when they had those huge official visit weekends, the weekend of June 18th through the 20th and then June 25th through the 27th, when they had, you know, what, what do they have, maybe 12 to 15 guys in there in each of those weekends or whatever. You have to kind of look at it and say, looking back at it now and say, well, if we're going to get hit, we better get these things in now because we don't know what's going to happen if we get some sort of ruling on this. So get it in ahead of time get your commitments secured or get your official visits in and then see what happens after that. That could be part of the thinking of why they push so hard to get those June visits in. And it worked obviously, but at the same time, I think for as a whole that these recruiting limitations that Baylor is dealing with very, very slap on the wrist in my view. And I think that they can navigate their way through this um, very easily because really when it comes down to, like I said, official visits, you can probably, you know, how the, the devil will be in the details and, and when those, that ban will actually take place. But I don't think it's going to affect them to the point where, last, you know, can we get guys in on particular weekends here and there? That'll, that'll vet itself out over time. Plus the, season, plus the fact you've got a football season that's a month away from starting. So that's the least of your worries right now. Talking to Kevin Longquist, Rivals.com, and uh, does some great work on recruiting. Knows a lot about this 2022 class Baylor has put together. Kevin, as we were getting ready to talk, um, a, uh, a report came out uh, from an uh, attorney, and, and he started kind of uh, oh, you know, tagging different people in college football, but it's the representative of Odell James. And yeah. Odell James was hit with a show cause, uh, a five-year show cause, and, and everybody, of course, jumped, thought they knew who it was. Well, it was not. It was the assistant right. director of ops. It was Odell James. I mean, how many yeah. times do you see they wouldn't, on the, on the Max uh, news conference, he wouldn't say who it was. He would only say who it wasn't because it right. was so widely reported, the guy who it was not. I won't say his name. But I sort right. of sympathize here with Odell James because he's not there anymore. He, you know, he... He, did, he decided not to meet with them, and then in this uh, statement they said, the final report is clear. Mr. James is cited with only respectfully declining to interview in person with the NCAA. Any punishment based on that circumstance is an extreme and excessive overreach. I, based on what I know, I kind of have to – I do not think Odell James was ever a big player in any of this. Now, again, I may be wrong. I may be wrong about all that, but – I think the reason they're hitting it with show cause is not really because of anything he did. He simply refused to sit down and meet with them, and they thought that was their right. Apparently, the NCAA, who didn't do anything to Art Bryles, who we think was the public face of, of, of this whole thing, 
Uh, yeah. They 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 slapped something on Odell James. It it felt feels pretty heavy handed to me. I think the one thing about Art is just getting touching on him first is the fact that they pretty much were like waving their finger at him, saying "Shame on you, Art!" You know, with the with the language that they used in describing his. Uh, it was cute language. I forgot how they used it, but you know, it was just kind of cute how they you know were were telling him that you were bad, Art. You were bad, and so someone takes the fall for this. And if you want to throw it at Odell James. By the way, I have a tweet on that on who the play on who the guy that was publicly suggested that Mac Road said no, and then uh, the other name that Odell's name was brought up. So if you want to find that tweet at Sigma Sports, you can see that. But I think from Odell's standpoint, yeah, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from on this in terms of they've got to hit somebody. You know, it's kind of like somebody's got to pay for this, somebody's got to take the fall for this, and unfortunately, politics and something like this being what it is, someone's going to take the hit, and I think that's kind of where this all fell down with with Odell. And that's just kind of the reality of it. Is it right? Probably not. Um, but at the same time, he was pretty active because I've been going back to the Baylor program since, I think, 2010. And I know he was pretty actively involved in a lot of things, just you know, behind the scenes with recruiting, getting things set up for recruits and that sort of stuff. So there was a role. Now, I guess the NCAA felt like he played a heavier role. And because the fact that he declined to interview, that that was their quote-unquote measure of guilt and why they slapped him with this. But then again, why would we? Why would we understand how they term, adjudicate something like this? Because I think a lot of us felt like Matt that they were going that Baylor was going to get hit hard with scholarship reductions in the bowl ban, and then we got this curveball in the right way for Baylor. Yeah, and and also we've just seen Mark Emmert, who always puts out these weak statements. He he uh, said it's unacceptable for what Baylor's former administrators and student athletes did. And now, you know, now we've got to do some kind of transformational thing to to see about this. Interestingly, on this new commission that has been put together, um, Dr. Livingstone, President Livingstone, is is going to serve on that. So on the same day, Kevin, that Baylor is, again, in some people's eyes, slapped on the wrist, and I would say a pretty good day for Baylor in sense oh, yeah. as, as, as far as what it could have been. Well, she's going to serve on this new committee, and now – Emmert's hoping that this new committee, it will give them more jurisdiction to do things. I mean, the fact that this man still has a job is a crime in itself. And he just got to prove for an extension, too. And, and, um, and then the other thing is, too, this is what you would call typical leadership from behind, Matt. That's exactly what this is. It's almost like the comical line from uh, Blazing Saddles, where Mel Brooks' character is the governor and says, I need a harumph, I need a harumph. And then he looks over and goes, I didn't get a harumph from that guy. And that's pretty much what this is. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go Blazing Saddles. I'm sort of glad you didn't go <laughs> some different areas you could have. No, 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 it no. Is, I wasn't going to uh... go anywhere beyond that. No, but, you, but, but it's like that scene, though. It's, it's just it's weak leadership, and that's why the NCAAs is in the perilous position that it is and how some people have speculated that its life that its lifespan is pretty much coming to an end. Is that true? I don't know. I think I'm sure Doc, uh, I'm sure Mark Emmert's hoping that this new commission will find some way to salvage its credibility because right now it doesn't have any credibility. All right, uh, Kevin, you'll be happy to know I went down yesterday and uh, interviewed um, R.J. Sneed, um, Tyquan Thornton, Ben Sims. And uh, and you know I, I was uh, I was asking asking some questions and trying to trying to get to the bottom of this quarterback battle. All right, so we'll talk about that <laughs> next time you're on. I appreciate All it, right. Kevin. Always a pleasure, Matt. Take care. 
There he goes, Kevin Longquist, Rivals.com.